0: hello and welcome to mother's voice podcast if you'd like to learn more about our other events you can go to we rise in we rise in hello everyone this is monsif afqir and welcome to this new episode of mother's voice podcast um we're happy to connect with you again here so th- thank you so much for your presence And also very excited that Adrienne Bishop is is with us um, on the show. Um, I really love her message. It's it's and and the guidance that she brings is very practical um, in 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 helping parents with with their kids, especially when um, When when like uh, they are being difficult and um, It's and, and when parents feel very overwhelmed in, in helping kids and guiding them when they are not listening to them. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's really an honor to have her with us today. And so we'll be talking about um, staying calm when, when your kids are being difficult. And before we start, I would love to share with you a little bit about her. So Adrienne Bishop is a life coach for parents and certified positive discipline parent educator who specializes in helping overwhelmed parents to be confident and effective in their parenting so they can create a family that is connected and the life that they love. And you can find her on her website, adriannebishopcoaching.com. Adrian A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, Bishop, B-I-S-H-O-P, Coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. And uh, yeah, so that's Adrienne. Welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you with us.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Wonderful. So um, yeah, in in the beginning, I would love if um, you can share with us a little bit about your story because I read about your story and I feel it's really inspiring, and it's what's led you to 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 help parents uh, the way you are doing right now. So I'd love if 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 you can start with that.
1: Yes, sure, of course. So I have three children, ten year old. Girl, a six-year-old boy, and then a three-year-old boy, um, and I pretty much grew up always being super highly sensitive as a kid. And you know, something felt just kind of off about how people approached sensitive children, and my and my more emotional uh, state that I was in more often. And I always felt like I had to hide my emotions, and I, and I there was something wrong with how I was acting. Um, I was much, much more of a kind of hide um, kid than an act out kid. But either way, it just felt like there was not really a place for me or my emotions um, when I was growing up. And so when I started to, when I had my first two children, I noticed that my emotional, I guess, sensitivities were coming out even more because I felt very challenged by their emotions. I felt overwhelmed by other emotions. I felt. Like I had to keep them happy all the time, so that I could feel better, so that I could feel calm, and so I would give in to them more than I wanted to, and I just didn't feel like I was being that firm parent that I wanted to to be. I wanted to make sure I led my kids in a way that was you know really good for them, and instead, I just felt myself always feeling anxious and overwhelmed and so, when I had my third child, I found some, some new ways to handle my overwhelm, which included life coaching. And also, I also found a lot of information about how to parent using tools that help you to stay in this calm, confident energy that not only helps you to be kind, but to be firm at the same time. And the combination of the tools I learned from life coaching, which helped me to figure out how to Reduce my overwhelm, re- reduce my anxiety, in combination with these tools that were really made so much sense to me, and how I rep- I disciplined my kids. The combination of those two, t- you know, uh, sets of tools just blew me away. And after I started using them with my third child and seeing how well they all, how, how well they worked, since he basically was a newborn when I found all of this information, he was growing up in this new way of me parenting and the way, the new way of me feeling better. And it was night and day between me, you know, having a toddler as my first baby and my second baby, and when they became toddlers as to, as compared to my third, it was, so much better, so much easier. And I just felt better in general. And I felt more confident. And I just thought that this was the best thing since life spread. And I decided to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: wanted to share it with others. I thought, you know, if I had figured all of this out for myself, being a sensitive, emotional person, I'm sure there's other people out there that are on this, you know, in the same boat and would love to kind of get some help. And especially since a lot of people don't know where to go or where to start, You know and i had i had done so much research and done so much of my own testing that i thought well i just you know would love to help parents um in this area
0: Mm -hmm. beautiful thank you so much for sharing about that and um like you said like um like in general parents that they have this those expectations on how their kids should feel and behave so they can feel good parents and Mm -hmm. which creates some 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 challenges for the parents because uh, then, if their kids they they misbehave or they um they don't feel uh good like the parents they they feel guilty about that and mm-hmm. and also uh um you mentioned uh you talked about being kind and firm at the same time as a parents and and when, when, uh, when the parents are, are being affected by how their kids uh, feel in general, so sometimes kids can use that to get um, what they want, even though if they, they don't uh, serve them. For example, they can cry wh- whenever they want something, and then the parents, they just, uh, uh, how to say, uh, react to that. So w- what is your, your, um, your approach to that?
1: Yeah, so when I you know, talk to parents about their child misbehaving, them trying to correct them we always start with the idea that parents um basically kids are when they act out or when they are misbehaving they are telling you they're needing something that is not being met so they have some need that they're trying to communicate to you and when i you know first bring this up to parents it's really to help them understand why the behavior is happening and to help them to change their mindset around it so that they don't feel this instant resistance to it. So if your child is acting out in the way of being emotional or yelling at you or being angry, The first place you can go is okay, well, what is going on with my child that might make them act this way? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? Are they overwhelmed? Is there something in the environment that's bothering them? And then you can start to, instead of feeling that resistance or that anger or that frustration, which a lot of parents go to pretty naturally because we're human, we're gonna use a little bit more of your higher brain, right? And we're gonna go to curiosity instead. And so you can go to the, you know, start asking yourself questions, or you can say, I wonder why he's acting this way. Um, You know, I I wonder if there's something behind the anger and what's going on with him. Is it, is it something that, um, you know, that I'm not seeing right now? And then you can just start getting curious instead of getting angry or frustrated or whatever, whatever emotion naturally comes. And when you can, when you can reach a more neutral, emotion like curiosity or calm or patience or understanding or even just acceptance, right? So if we can just accept, okay, our child is acting this way right now, then our 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 resistance of what's happening is reduced. And as you know, like being in the present moment and accepting what's happening feels so much better than resisting it. So I really do start with this when I, when I coach parents, I start with, okay, well, how are you feeling when your child misbehaves and what are you thinking about what they're doing? And so we always want to start with that so that we can get to a, really a place of neutrality and not a place of negative emotion if we can. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the biggest things. And then, of course, we want to remember that um, like our, our child is going to behave well if they feel good, right? So if they feel okay and they can behave well, they would. So if there's something off, you know, maybe they can't behave well, right? So we have to go to that place of understanding again of, okay, well, they're learning how to regulate their emotion. They're learning how to be in this world that's sometimes overwhelming and confusing and challenging. Um, And so are we even as adults still, right? So we really can tap into some of these thoughts that can give us more of that neutral feeling of that acceptance, of that compassion, of that calm. And then when our kids are misbehaving, we can just come up with some of those automatic thoughts that can give us, that can get us to those feelings. And then the feeling of being calm or compassionate or patient or accepting gives us a much better chance of acting in a way that's more effective, right? So using Mm -hmm. some of the tools that are kind and firm or some of the tools that help your child to feel in control Using some of the tools that help them feel like they've gotten the attention that they need in the positive way. Right. So if your child is, is acting out because they're feeling like they need attention from you, even if you give them attention, they still have that need, then you can say to yourself, okay, well, look, this is this is happening. I wonder if they need me to be more attentive in some way. So let me validate how they're feeling. Let me connect with them. Let me get on their level and say, I see that you're feeling angry. Because you're, you know, because your brother took your toy, of course you're feeling angry. You know, let's just take a couple deep breaths and let's just, you know, let's just take a moment. And then we can just, instead of immediately resisting what they're doing, um, trying to combat what they're doing, trying to stop them from doing what they're doing, um, we can do it in a kind and firm way by validating what they feel. And we can only really do these kinds of things when we're able to access some of these more neutral feelings, as opposed to negative.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, I really love your your, your approach because, um, like you said, when when in general when when kids are, are stopped of doing what what they want, in in some way they 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 will find another way to do that if they don't get attention from their parents. So they also get. They try to find attention in in different other ways, and um, mm-hmm. and also your your your, um, your approach can really help connect parents with their kids like more deeply, and it brings more understanding and compassion to to the relationship, and also the kids with time can can really trust um, mm-hmm. they, they have the trust to, to to their parents in in in, in w- whether personal uh, things or or uh, any any other kind of things in general.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when you can build trust with your child where they feel like you're listening, right? You're listening to them on a regular basis. You're even respecting them. They're respecting what they need and what they want and what they are saying to you and not always telling them that they're wrong. And usually it's unintentional. Like your child says, I don't have any friends. A lot of times parents will say like, of course you do. You have this friend and this friend and this friend. And really, sometimes that can make a child feel like you're not listening, even though your intention is just to make them feel better, right? So we need to kind of work toward that that idea that we don't necessarily need to solve all the problems, we just need to sometimes listen. And so there's a couple ways that we can get our child to understand, okay, well, my mom and my dad, they trust me, they respect me, and they're listening to me. So I don't need to use misbehavior to communicate as much, right? And so you can build that you can build that connection piece over time. And you want to do it while your child is is in a good place. You want to connect with them on a regular basis, not necessarily just when they're misbehaving, right? So you can connect with your child um, purposefully and intentionally on a regular basis, like just getting up in the morning. And instead of going right into let's get your clothes on, let's get some breakfast, let's go to school or whatever the next step is, instead of going right into logistics, you can, you can intentionally decide, I'm just gonna connect with my child by saying, good morning, I love you and I'm so happy to see you, or something that just feels authentic, right? Um, mm-hmm. Give them a kiss, you know, it doesn't have to be anything big, just small moments throughout the day. And I love using small moments throughout the, d- the, day, the day to connect with my kids because it's easy and it's, and it's quick. So you don't have to do a lot of thinking. It doesn't have to be a big habit change. It's just these small little moments that you can intentionally look at your child and have a thought that helps generate a feeling of connection and love. Um, And that's it. That's basically all you have to do. Like practice generating that feeling of love and connection with your child. Because it's not something that we easily come up with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Our brains are programmed for us to find the negative right? So our brains are programmed for us to find as humans, what's gone wrong, you know, what's the problem so I can solve it because we're trying to stay safe. Our brains are trying to keep us safe. And so we have to intentionally train ourselves to find, to not only find the good, but to actually generate feelings of um, good feelings like love and connection. So just knowing that and knowing that there's nothing that's really gone wrong when we're focusing on the negative, it's our default, kind of helps us to feel better, right? Helps us to feel a little Mm -hmm. bit more like, okay, like I'm not doing this so wrong. There's nothing that's, you know, that I've failed at. It's just, I have to intentionally train myself to go the other direction. And then when we can practice that and get into a habit of generating love and connection and doing those little moments of connection and making sure that, we listen and we respect what our children are needing and wanting, then a lot of the problems of a lot of the behavior problems disappear. And not that they all do because they never will, but it really does make a huge difference in your family.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, it's a process and also like parents needs to be how to say uh, gentle with themselves during that process um, because also as as adults we, we are still learning how to to love ourselves and this will affect how how we can how parents can can um, relate to their kids so um yeah I would love mm-hmm. if you can uh, talk about that how um, self-love like especially for mothers how self-love can really help them in in having this this kind of relationships that you talked about with their kids
1: Yes, that's a really good point. So a lot of times when um, when parents are, you know, mothers are especially doing things that they don't necessarily think are the best way to parent, let's say they're yelling too much, they're nagging a lot, and all of these, you know, ways of disciplining that isn't really working, or they're feeling guilty because they're not getting their kids to eat well, getting their kids to sleep on time, putting a routine in place, all these things that you're supposed to do. And sometimes moms can feel really guilty about that because they feel like they're not doing a good enough job. And so the best thing to do is to um, recognize that all of these things that are that I just mentioned are actually just thoughts. So they're not facts, right? You're yelling too much. You're nagging too much. Those, those are not facts. Those are just thoughts that you're having about what's happening in your family. And the, the, one, of the, one of the most dangerous things to do is to let these thoughts just be and believe them. And so I teach my um, clients to make sure that they understand that thoughts are optional and thoughts are what create our feelings, not circumstances, not what's happening around us. So not even our yelling is creating our feelings. So our yelling, like I yelled at my child, is a you know is a circumstance. So like just yelling at your child is not going to create a feeling that is guilt. It's your thought about what you did. So if you're thinking I shouldn't be yelling at my child, then you're going to feel maybe guilty or disappointed or upset with yourself. And so we want to always recognize that thoughts are what is getting is making us feel guilty or making us feel. Um, in a way that isn't helping us feel love for ourselves or compassion. And so we can write all those down. We can become aware of them as we're thinking them. There's a bunch of different ways you can do it There's and you can get coached. And then I can you know definitely point it out to you and get you questioning what's going on to figure out what that thought is. But once we recognize that the thoughts are optional, then we have the power to change them and to change our feelings so that we can feel the way we want to feel. So, if we want to feel compassionate for ourselves, when we yell, let's say, um, we can think something like, "I did my best in that moment." Or you can think, think something like, um, "I'm only, you know, I'm only learning in this moment right now when I yell, and I can just learn from what happened. I can do, you know, I can, I can plan to do differently next time." Of course I yelled, it's okay. All these kinds of thoughts can help us to feel less guilty. And then when we feel less guilty, we can actually then decide, okay, I'm gonna formulate thoughts that help me feel compassion for myself. And the way that I do that is I always say, if your best friend, let's say you're told your best friend that you yelled at your kid, what would they say to you? And how would they comfort you? And then you can use those ideas as thoughts to just say to yourself, so you're going to have that best friend kind of in your mind supporting you at all times. Or you can even say, how would you how would you comfort your child when they're going through something challenging? What would you say to them? Maybe you'd say something like, it's okay to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. So we want to keep coming up with some of these thoughts that we can just pull on when we're struggling to have compassion, when we think we've messed up or we've done something not, not as well as we would have liked.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that. Thank you so much for sharing about that and uh, also when when you were talking about that I I thought uh, I remembered when you you, said you you were talking about your story as a kid and when you were um like hide kid and sometimes uh, I saw I saw that in 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 some kids when when they feel how to say when they try to hide or um maybe they, they don't feel confidence enough they um if we can say they misbehave of the, or they do some behaviors that parents see as as bad so um mm-hmm. how they can they can support them during that and help them to to get more confidence in themselves
1: that's a great question I actually have been um, looking a lot at highly sensitive children as a group um, because mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of parents that come to me actually do have kids that are in that category and so those are kids that tend to be, more emotional or more sensitive in regards to their emotions, maybe even physically sensitive. And there's a couple other qualities that they have. And if you want to look into that more, you can just Google highly sensitive child. There's a book, there's a quiz, but kids that just tend to be overwhelmed quickly, tend to have more anxiety, um, tend to shy away from challenges because it's, it's doesn't feel great, right? It's very uncomfortable for them in some way. And so when your child may be either highly sensitive or even just have maybe just some struggles with confidence for other reasons, we want to make sure that our kids understand that failure is part of life. Mistakes are part of life. And so we want to show them not only that their mistakes are okay, but that we make mistakes as parents. And we want to model what it looks like to make a mistake and kind of overcome it in a way with, you know, not necessarily with, with, um, a lot of emotional response. If we can manage, we can talk to our kids about not being perfect because sometimes they don't know. They think that there's something wrong, that they're making mistakes because they don't have any sort of um, role model that, that makes mistakes and then moves forward. So a lot of that has to be um, really shown to them in the way of, look, everybody's doing this and it's human and natural. And also we want to use less praise and more encouragement. And so the encourage, the praise piece tends to be very easy for parents because we think that saying things like, you're doing a great job, and you're so smart, and all these kinds of just really easy um, compliments that we can give to our kids is going to improve their confidence. But in reality, the praise tends to be, um, actually works backwards because it encourages your child to Need the outside validation, and what we want is we want them to be internally motivated to seek out things and challenges and um, be more willing to try things and get and fail and be competent, like learn how to be competent at things. And so we want to instead of a lot of praise. Praise is okay, a little in in little doses, but instead of praise, we want to go toward encouragement, and that looks more like a just an observation of how your child is is putting forth effort and working hard towards something. And it looks kind of like, I noticed that, right? So we can just use those words. I noticed that, this is what happened to me today with my son, actually. I noticed that you took your break for a few minutes and then went back and did your math all on your own without me telling you. How did that feel, right? So then I can just point out to him, look what you did that you hadn't really done before. And what was the result? So we can get our child to kind of understand what the effect is on their actions on their feeling so that they can, they can do things solely to um, help them to feel the way they want to feel or to feel good about themselves without the need for praise from us. Um, and so I would recommend when kids are not confident to make sure that we are encouraging instead of praising, um, validating feelings and making sure mistakes are just part of life and showing them your mistakes. Um, and then also we can, um, we can just make sure that when they are ready, we encourage them to push themselves just a little bit, give them tasks that they can complete successfully that are just a little bit, too, little bit challenging, um, but not too challenging, so that they can start to build competence So competence is what builds confidence. So if you're capable, right? If they feel capable, then their confidence will be higher. So we don't want to to overly coddle kids and do things for them so much that they lose that capability, that feeling of capability or competence. But we don't want to overwhelm kids by giving them too much to do or not supporting them in the tasks that we're asking them to do. So a lot of it has to be this balance of, Kind of figuring out, and it's an experiment. It's okay. We figure out what our child's capable of, and when they feel that they can overcome it, or when they're really it's not working, and then we can adjust back and forth, and then support them in the meantime by saying a lot of things that validate what they're going through. Yeah, this is really hard. I know you're capable of this, right? And giving them that support of that trust and telling them that you um, you believe in them is really really important. But in the way of you know, not that they have to do it to prove anything. It's just more about um, their own desire to accomplish this goal or to, you know, improve in this way is the most important thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that, and uh, yeah, it's like uh, teaching them that it's okay to make mistakes. It's really um, how to how to say like brings a lot of relief because it's. Like we are all humans. It's part of the human experience and we are making mistakes and it's it's uh, it's a journey that that we are taking learning journey. And uh, yeah, I, I really love uh, what's what you said and your approach and also I have another question is um, In the case when when um, how to say, for example, if if the parents they, they, they already have their own definition, for example, of success of um, how their kids uh, want to be in the future. And then they expect from the kids, for example, to be from the first at school or uh, something like that. But when when children like have different perspective and different vision than their parents, and they want to have th- different dreams, so they may be behaving not in the way that their, the parents expect, and this may create some, some conflicts between between them. Uh, and some, sometimes the, the parents, because they have this understanding, they may not understand why the kid have this, uh, this uh, behavior. So w- w- what would be your, your advice to parents um, having this this mm-hmm. experience?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would first actually challenge the parents on this. If someone came to me and said, my child is not doing what I expect them to do in regards to their choices in their life, right? So if they're a teenager and they're not choosing to go to, to college, or if they're in college and they're not choosing a major that would be uh, fruitful, or, you know, they're doing something to, they're not doing baseball and the and the, the parents are really into baseball and they, they really believe it's important. What I would ask them is, why do you want your child to do these things? And I really want I want the parents to really think about why they want their child to do it because most of the time, the reason they want their child to follow whatever path they think is the best for their child is solely for their own, serving their own um, needs essentially. So they want to feel a certain way and they're depending on their child to act a certain way so that they feel that way. And so that is very, very normal and super, super common. Um, and so when we can point that out and be intentional about being aware of those, those thoughts and expectations that basically lead us to criticize, control and manipulate, um, unintentionally, we will have a lot of issues with having, it'll backfire basically. So,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: what's happening is we are, so our thoughts create our feelings and if we're not recognizing that as, as, as truth, our thoughts create our feelings, not our circumstances, we're going to think that our child's choices are causing us to feel a certain way, bad, disappointed, terrible. But once we understand that it's not their choices that make us feel a certain way, it's our thoughts about their choices, then we can more freely let go and to unattach from their outcome. Because in Ultimately, our child has agency. They have choices that we cannot control and we shouldn't want to. So the best thing that we can do is really focus on being aware of what we're thinking about, our expectations of our child and why we have those expectations. And if they are clean, I want to call them, if they are solely for the child and not for us. Um, And then also we want to make sure that um, we are constantly, as the child grows, giving them chances to make choices, small, small choices that that lead to bigger ones so that they're practiced at making good decisions. Um, And so that that is our job. We just give them the opportunity to make choices. And so when they become teenagers and adults that they make better choices because they've been practiced at it. Other than that, this is not our job. This is not something that we have control over. And if we start to try to control it, the relationship between parent and child will suffer. So it's not something that's easy by any means, but we do, if we do recognize that it's not about us and it's not our job, it's not our responsibility, then we can actually feel better. And then our relationship flourishes, right? So, because we're feeling Um, We're not entangling our drama with our child's choices. And so then we can feel um, just complete support and love for them. And when we feel support and love for them, they, they feel empowered to do what is most authentic to them and then make mistakes, right? And then make mistakes and recover as opposed to making mistakes and it being horribly bad mistakes or something that really is, you know, not healthy for them but they can actually make mistakes, recover, overcome challenges. And then that is our job to teach them how to do those things, not necessarily the specific, you know, the specific things that they're doing in their life and to, to guide them toward, you know, one way or the other. It's more about, okay, how do we make decisions? How do we recover from mistakes? How do we, how do we, how are we resilient? And how do we um, face challenges? And that's what we have. Uh, That's what we are able to contribute in our kids' childhood.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah that, that's amazing i really love that and i love that uh you mentioned um to help kids taking decisions from a young age because um with time this with this will help them to to enhance their intuition and be connected more to uh to their heart um which is something that we are still learning as adults now uh, mm-hmm. but if if we bring this to, to to children um like it's it's it' can it can really uh, how to say um help them to have to how to say to, to uh to walk this path this the, the highest uh possibilities that's that they can experience in in their life because it's they are more connected to their uh, inner truth
1: mm-hmm. yeah they can reach their potential yeah i love
0: mm-hmm. it yeah yeah absolutely in. wonderful so yeah thank you so much adrian uh i really loved our discussion everything you shared that was really really inspiring and um I really love your your approach um, about um, raising kids, and especially when when they are um, behaving uh, very di- being de- very difficult. Because um, we are as adults now, we are really have to say learning how to love ourselves. But if we um, if we follow the approach that you are teaching, um, it really can can help uh, in in. In the humanity evolution, because each generation have their own maybe um, uh, challenges, and if we help kids to love themselves and be okay with making mistakes and learn to make choices um, and make mistakes, that that will that will um, help a lot in 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 their evolution. And um, like the new generation will, will can can create a much more advanced uh, experience on Earth. So, yeah, thank yep. you so much. That's-
1: yeah, you're welcome. That is exactly the idea. So I'm glad you summed it up so nicely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Wonderful. And uh, yeah. Uh, so again, everyone, you can find Adrienne on her on her website, adrianbishopcoaching.com, adrianbishopcoaching.com, And also, uh, can they find you in, in, in other places?
1: Yes, I actually have a Facebook group that might be a good start if this sounds like something that resonates with you. It's um, the Facebook group is called Calm Confident Parenting. And so you can just search that. Um, it, or you can type in, you know, Facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash calm, confident parenting as one word. Um, and you can join the Facebook group and I do lots of posts and lives that include a lot of the things I've talked about, plus more information just in the same vein about raising kids. Um, so if that sounds like a good place, if you're on Facebook, and you like doing that, um, that would be a great place to find me.
0: Wonderful. And um, yeah, so everyone, you will find the the Facebook group link um, on the episode page on the websites, and also on the um, episode description on uh, on the podcast platform, whether uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, or any other platform you are listening um, listening. So, so yeah, Thank you again, uh, Adrian. Very grateful to you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for being here, for joining us, for sharing with us this beautiful space and sharing with us your presence. And uh, yeah, because uh, you are also co creating with us these experiences. So thank you so much. And I'm sending you so much love. And then we we'll see you on the next epi- next episode. Bye bye, everyone. If you'd like to learn more about our other events, you can go to weriseinlove.com. we rise in love.com. We rise in in love.com